When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of compliance of sticking it to an employer when they didn't want to give a person a raise. But first the story from Garfish Woosh. Didn't want to give me a new contract? Fine, I'll stick to the terms of the contract I do have. So I used to work for a large retailer in the UK. I worked there for 12 years in total and ended up as a manager. When you want to become a manager, they make you fly through a thousand hoops, do a whole bunch of training and do the job for six months without any extra pay. I did all of this and was finally officially signed off as a manager. After I was officially given a job, I got my pay raise, but was never given a new contract. I asked multiple times for a new contract and was fobbed off each time. Fast forward about 9 months and another large retailer started hiring lots of managers and was poaching a whole bunch of staff. I applied for one of these jobs as they were offering 8,000 British pounds more than I was currently on, but for the same job. I got the job and went to hand in my notice. Managers have to give 4 weeks notice, whereas general assistants only have to give a week. So I decided that I would follow the exact terms on my contract and provide them with a week's notice rather than the 4 weeks they wanted. Suffice to say that they were not happy with that and I got called into an office to ask why I would only given 1 week's notice. I explained that per the terms of the last contract that I signed with them that that's all I was required to give. They were really not happy but there really wasn't anything that they could do about it. Honestly, I can only imagine how nice it must have felt for OP to go up to that management, say, because you didn't give me the new contract I've been asking you for, I'm totally compliant in giving you only a one week's notice. Good luck. Do you guys think that, even though it was in the contract, giving only one week's notice as a manager just isn't really fair enough to that retailer? Or should you not feel bad at all? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Ketzel Rust. Family keeps complaining about medical care, so the nurses get family involved in patient care. Patient came in and develops difficulty swallowing, so the poor patient can eat or swallow without choking, and possibly acquiring an infection. Doctors put in a tube in the patient's stomach to feed them with liquid food and bypass the esophagus. At first, the patient was being fed through a slow drip, controlled by a machine. Then the family complained that the patient wasn't tolerating the continuous feed. So the doctor took the machine away, and now I and the other nurses would have to go in the room three times a day to feed the patient manually. Family complained the next day that the patient's stomach was bloated, so the doctor changed the order to four times a day, a nurse would have to go in to feed the patient. Next day, family complained that patient wasn't pooping after not eating for several days and undergoing a surgery, so that's to be expected. But the MD caved to the family's complaining and changed the order to every four hours. The family freaked out about the patient being short of breath and blamed the liquid tube feed, even though the patient's had a history of respiratory disorders and is on chronic oxygen. Still, the MD changed the order to every three hours a nurse has to go in and manually feed the patient through the tube in her stomach. 
I know I was fed up with the family complaining about every tiny little thing and more so at the doctors for caving in without explaining the reality of the patient's condition. The patient's oldest balls and probably won't get better. The family complained again the next day, claimed the patient was having chest pains, red flag for heart attack, but the family blamed the liquid tube feed? Why? MD caved again and changed the order to every two hours. Every two hours, I or whoever was taking care of the patient would have to go in there and spend 20 minutes in the room dealing with the patient and her family. As many people know, nurses do not have time to mess around. We barely have time to go to the bathroom. So malicious compliance. This patient's not going to get better, so the family needs to know how to feed her through the tube. I educate the family and show them how to do it at 6pm. I make sure to turn on all the lights, turn the TV off, and get the family really involved. They wash their hands and they put on gloves, handle the PEG tube, etc. Then at 8pm I make the patient's son do the tube feed. It takes half an hour and I can tell that the son is freaked out. Then I go back in at 10pm, midnight, 2am. By 4am the son was complaining that I should be the one doing the tube feedings because it's so often. He looks exhausted and terrible. I tell them flatly that it's not rocket science and that he's going to be doing the tube feedings himself at home, by himself with no backup nurse. He takes forever to do the 4am tube feed because he's so tired. Afterwards, while he's watching me clean up the patient, he comments that the patient seems to be tolerating the tube feeds better and maybe we can go back to doing it every 3 or 4 hours instead of every 2 hours. I look at him dead in his bloodshot eyes and say that when the doctor orders something, there's no wiggle room, it's literally the law. Because of the family's multiple concerns, it's every two hours until the doctor signs a new order and that I'm going to be coming in, flipping all the lights on every two hours until I go home. The look of defeat on the son's face was so, so sweet and almost made the every two hour nonsense worth it. Honestly, I'm impressed that OP was able to keep the son doing it anyways. Like even if they were going to be having to do that at home, OP somehow managed to finagle their way into making sure that kid just kept doing it every couple hours. Pretty smart and it's some good handling. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so that you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has awesome stories like our next one from Ancient Educator 76 the standoff. Well, I guess it's a sit-off for my drive through customer. Tonight's been a crazy enough night already. Now we have hyper-attentive customers evaluating my push-button skills and, man, are they pushing mine. I do my welcome to Mendy's, what can I get started for you, when a nice enough sounding lady, sarcasm, tells me her order. Number 5 combo, large with a pineapple mango lemonade, no ice, none, now let me tell you how my back of house and eyes relationship works. I often mix up the extra ice and no ice buttons, so much so that whenever it's busy and we get a third person to make drinks, they know, not question, but know that extra ice most likely means no ice. Yes, I'm that bad at my job and my amazing colleagues all step up to help. Think of it as when a server writes a weird type of way that's wrong but consistent so the chef figures it out because he's a freaking boss. So anyway, I now know that my extra ice means no ice, and conversely that a true no ice button doesn't work anymore. Seriously, it won't display when depressed. 
So I type in her order, hitting extra ice, shows up for her as XT ice. She then says almost instantly, I said no freaking ice. I reply, ma'am, there won't be ice. It's a... She interrupts as I explain a jize for my stupidity. Change it so it says no ice. No freaking ice. I say, ma'am, hold on, please. Now, during this time, you'd think that I would go to the back of house and tell them, hey, this no ice is really just no ice. But nope. Trying to maintain that Mendy's pleasant speaking voice, just getting my patience back. I continue, ma'am, it'll be no ice. Please pull forward. She's having none of it maintaining. I won't move this car until it says no ice. I plead with her. My manager pleads with her. I'm pretty sure a customer pled with her. No dice, no ice. We're literally at a standstill. Customers are honking. She's yelling at the line of cars behind her as I join my manager through the emergency exit door to move her car. She's red in the face, livid. My manager has her food she didn't pay for with a no ice drink and she still ain't moving. She's belligerent for no good reason, truly. But being a widower, I just get losing your mind, dying on the stupidest hill. However, impeccably timed, she berated me with fat shaming and sexuality insults I won't repeat. However alliteratively satisfying they may be, it's right at this time the cops show up. Her story changes quicker than poo, but it's too late. She's in handcuffs, her car's moved by Officer 2, who gets to steal my already planned malicious compliance. The hilarious est thing? She wasn't even our craziest customer tonight. Some girl flashed our grill guy through the drive-thru. Well, hey, I don't know about anybody else, but I'd rather take that second one than the first one. At least they're in and out, right? And our final story of the day is by His Royal Majesty King V. Well, I did give them two weeks notice. So, about a dozen years ago, I was in a great paying job, but the work environment was absolutely atrocious. I spent the entire year I was there looking for another job. Finally got an offer elsewhere, had a hefty pay cut, but leapt at it. Now this place, a very small company, said they were looking for a mid-level software developer. They realized I was a senior developer, but the manager said, I'm not really sure what to offer, as we never hired a senior developer before. That explanation sounds a little funny, but ultimately it turned out as such. They'd start me out at X dollars a year, a mid-level developer's salary, and at my one-year review, they'd give me a raise of somewhere between Y and Z, depending on how things went, where Z equals two times Y, and it would have amounted to somewhere between a 6 to 12% raise. It's just a salary with benefits, no bonuses, but I was fine with that. A little weird that they'd try to start new employees with only one week of vacation time instead of two, the way every other place I had worked does, but they offered me the two up front. So I did some work on a legacy product, but they mostly had me working on some completely new feature that integrated with the existing product. A year goes by and I like the place, it's small but the team's good, and they had me move them to using Eclipse. They were using a text editor, albeit a text editor that had a very convenient compile this source file now feature. Most of the team loved it, and the assistant manager was so delighted with the IDE that she stated, I'll give it up when they pry it from my cold dead fingers. So I do a little work on the legacy project, I do a lot of work on the new project, and I work on some customer conversions, converting their data to work with our software when they were on different software before. I also did refactoring, 
trying to, you know, actually make use of parent and child classes properly rather than relying on massive amounts of copy and paste and code duplication that existed there. Me and one of the other guys, Colum Z, who was my mentor to the company, but I was his mentor and furthering his programming style, tried to convince the manager to let us set up a source control system. The current system was that everyone worked off of a single copy of the source code on a shared network drive, which was backed up to tape every night. The manager resisted. We even suggested that he let us take one of the old junk PCs from the storage room and set up a very small repository just to experiment with and make sure it worked as we planned, i.e. hello world and program slash files of that small scale before trying to move their stuff to it. Manager wouldn't budge. My review's late, several months late, but we were busy, and the manager said it was the most busy year he recalls them having. Also, I'd scheduled my two weeks of vacation so that I could fly out to visit my parents. During this time, I'd gotten calls about other jobs, but I mostly blew them off. I knew for a fact where my salary would be when I got my review, and I was happy with that. Still, the calls came here and there. My review finally comes and is almost glowing. One or two minor hiccups, but overall they were very pleased with me. My raise, zero dollars and zero cents. Well, you know, I can't really present a raise to the owner since you haven't mastered any pieces of the legacy software. I mean, I had you working on the new stuff, but there was always time for learning on the legacy system. There was always time during their busiest year ever. So busy that my review was five months late? I grumbled. The two guys I worked with the most were jaw-droppingly shocked when I told them, although one of the older guys there did sort of say words to the effect of, can't say that's the first time that's happened here. I dug up the old email from before I was hired and forwarded it to him. He took several days to respond. He never takes that long to respond. He came up with some cockamamie word games about how things didn't go that well this year, trying to play the, oh, I meant going well overall, not going well with your performance. So I kept working anyway, but I followed up with the most recent call about a potential job. It was the same pay I was making at this place, but with bonuses and better benefits. And half the distance slash time to drive, none of the tolls. I snuck out to interview at the new place, Seemed to go well, and we struck a deal. I gave them a start date of after my vacation. Went back to my current job and played along for a little bit. They also went on job fairs looking to hire someone straight out of college. Also, now the manager was interested in source control. One of the other developers said, Well, last year, it was your idea, but this year, it's his idea. Interestingly, I briefly met the one graduating student that they eventually hired. So it comes up to the point where my vacation's about to start. I go down to my CTO's office and give my two weeks notice the day before my leave. He seemed a little thrown by that and commented something about how they usually expect to have the two weeks to transition. I said I agreed with him, but I pointed out that my manager made certain promises, my review was glowing, and my raise was somehow zero. He didn't quite address that, but made sort of a cryptic comment. X doesn't really share very well. I never knew if that meant my manager doesn't let the rest of them know what he did, or meant that he somehow benefits from keeping the costs down. I later was given to understand that the CTO and the owner might well have known or been in on the plan to stiff me on the raise. I did have to talk with my manager, of course, and he did say, 
Well, I guess I'm the bad guy on this. Though he didn't seem particularly remorseful, there was a shocking moment of candor. But we did get what we needed from you. I suspect that the manager's raise was based on how well he did cost control, though. I mean, I was driving an older vehicle, and the manager was driving a newish Acura SUV. But giving my two weeks notice on the day before my vacation was my malicious compliance that I took with great relish. Honestly, I think OP had nothing to owe them at that point, and frankly taking their two-week notice when they're about to go on vacation for those two weeks, totally justifiable in my book. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.